0: Welcome and good afternoon. This is Stephen Thompson, and welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience Leadership Tips for the Remote Worker. This is Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience. My name is Prince. Well, my name isn't Prince, but the topic of this show is leadership tips, the music of Prince, drinking a little bit of coffee, talking about the books that I'm reading, and giving you leadership tips if you work remotely or work from home. So this week, episode number six of a 10-season episode, we are deep into the music of Prince. I'm drinking some Trader Joe's coffee. And what I really love about Trader Joe's coffee is that it usually you go to Trader Joe's and you have to grind the beans yourself. So I went into Trader Joe's this Sunday. I feel like a better human being when I go into Trader Joe's normally on most days. I just walk in and I feel like Gosh, I'm a better person. The world is making me a better person. I'm going to go out and give to charity because I went to Trader Joe's. But anyway, other than the huge amount of pumpkin material, Trader Joe's has its own coffee. Normally you purchase the coffee you, and after you pay, you go over and you grind your beans. Where you can also get quarters for laundry. And I love going to Trader Joe's to get quarters for laundry because they don't shame you when you're getting quarters. I always feel guilty getting quarters from the regular, like a Ralph's or a Vaughn's shopping store because they kind of look at you like, eh, why do you want quarters? But Trader Joe's usually just gives you the quarters. And that's a benefit. But as I digress, Trader Joe's coffee, very good, like it. But now they had a package where I didn't have to actually grind up the beans. So I didn't have to grind the beans. I have my Trader Joe's coffee, the medium roast, drinking it out of a really nice mug that my staff gave to me because I am a elementary school principal who works remotely and I work with a great group of teachers. So Trader Joe's coffee is my pick for the week. So today we're going to talk about My Name is Prince and that's the song we're looking at. And we're going to talk about engaging and defeating false dichotomies with the 10-minute rule. My Name is Prince was the first song on the Love Symbol album. The Love Symbol album came out in 1992 and one of the things about the Love Symbol album was that Prince was in a contract dispute with Warner Brothers and Prince decided He couldn't get out of the contract so he what he did is he changed his name to a symbol and would perform with the word slave on his face and then the media started calling Prince the artist formerly known as Prince and he did albums for the next several years up until 2000 where he was using the love symbol now on the back end What is interesting about the love symbol is that Prince had a plan. It wasn't just, I'm going to be a rebellious individual and tell off Warner Brothers, write Slave, and try to get attention. But Prince developed the symbol that we see on the love symbol album as a marketing device for himself. And he had a whole plan after that. There were set designs, album covers, and guitars. Whole streams of income that Prince was setting up on the side by using this symbol. Go look at the Super Bowl performance and listen to last week's episode, The Halftime Show, and you will see that Prince used that symbol at the halftime show. Now think about how many millions of people watch the halftime show at a Super Bowl. So, Prince used that symbol on the stage for the Super Bowl, and Prince also used that for his guitars and also on his album covers. Now, a lot of people simply said that Prince was in a dispute with Warner Brothers, and that is why Prince changed his name to the artist formerly known as Prince, and also why we have the whole slave on his cheek. But that was one narrative. And that brings us into our topic is false dichotomies. So what are false dichotomies? Well, false dichotomies are a logical fallacy. A logical fallacy in a false dichotomy is two options are presented without any alternatives being presented. And let's look at that in our modern day environment. We have the situation with the NFL. And what you hear the narrative is that the players in the NFL hate the military and they disrespect the flag now your opinion on that there are many opinions on that but I am not want to go down the opinion road I want to go down the road of what narrative is being allowed so the only narrative that we normally hear is they hate the military they disrespect the flag so this is our false dichotomy being set up there is options that are being presented without any alternatives now for instance you hear there are other narratives out there You know, Montel Williams, for instance, says that he's a veteran who defended the players. And you have another man named John Middlemoss who was a World War II veteran and also defended the players. So, the whole narrative of they're disrespecting the flag and everybody hates them and everybody in the military hates them is not a true narrative. There are other alternative narratives out there. Also, in addition, the players never specifically said we're disrespecting the flag, or there's not examples of them disrespecting the flag. So, regardless of the opinion, we're not not adjudicating the opinion of whether or not you should stand for the National Anthem or whether you should not stand for the National Anthem. We're talking about the false dichotomy, the narrative, the one narrative that was introduced. And that one narrative that was introduced was that they didn't like the flag. They disrespect the flag and they hate police. So there's one narrative being produced, One narrative being represented and there aren't any other options. So back to Prince. There is one narrative. Prince was upset with Warner Brothers and called himself the artist known as Prince. And he was angry. And that was the only narrative that we talked about and we heard about. So what do you do? Well, Brene Brown talks about this in her book Into the Wilderness, which is a fabulous book. Cannot recommend it enough. But Brene Brown tells the story of that she was talking about the NRA at a presentation. And Brene Brown is also a professor at the University of Houston. Someone comes in and says, you know what, you are a gun-loving NRA member. Because Brene Brown likes to shoot. And the person was very upset with her, accused her of supporting the NRA, accused her of supporting murder. And Brene Brown said, no. I do enjoy shooting guns with my family, but I am not pro-NRA. But the person continued to run this narrative about how Brene Brown supported the NRA and that she was you know, pro-guns and that she endorsed, basically, every crime that could be committed by a gun owner. Brene Brown continually said over and over again, no, I don't support the NRA gave specific reasons why she didn't, but why she enjoyed shooting. Now that's a new narrative, because what is the narrative? You like the NRA, you like guns, but her narrative was different. I like guns, I don't like the NRA. So, we're not adjudicating the NRA or guns, we're just talking about the false narrative, the false dichotomy, and introducing a new narrative. And that's all we have to do. We have to introduce new narratives into our daily lives and in our discourse. Let's talk about Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio is the CEO of Bridgewater Associates. Associates. The most successful investment company in the nation. He's made billions of dollars in trading stocks. And Ray Dalio did a TED Talk on radical transparency algorithmic decision making. And Ray Dalio's whole thesis is that the best ideas should win out in a company. Not the loudest ideas, but the best ideas. And he has a way for determining what the best idea is. In all of his meetings he has what's called algorithmic decision-making. So everybody in his company is able to speak up and then they grade each other on how they talk to each other. So from the 24-year-old college graduate up until the CEO who has made millions and billions of dollars the 24-year-old can critique the CEO of the company and vice versa and then they rank those discussions and those decisions and they make decisions for a company based upon the idea not who was the loudest in the room now how do you arrive at that where you can be radically transparent where the CEO of a company can look around and say, you know what? I want to hear everybody's ideas. And John Maxwell talks about this in his leadership books where he talks about there's positional leadership. And if you're only a positional leader, you will be offended when somebody below you in a different position critiques you. But you shouldn't be. You never should be. You should be in a position where I'm going to allow the best ideas to win. And that is what made, has made Ray Dalio extremely successful so look up his Ted Talk Radical Transparency and look up Bridgewater and Associates I began reading Ray Dalio's principles book excellent book that he lays out his principles of investing and his principles for leadership it is an excellent book now how do you get at this well one thing you do you have your brain and we all have to calm our brain down the reason false dichotomies exist is because we easily get offended. Now, let's just not say offended. Our amygdala gets activated. Our amygdala is our fight-or-flight response. And then our prefrontal cortex is our decision-making apparatus in our brain. And then we have our hippocampus, which is, always remember a hippo, stores our memories. So when we are introduced to a false dichotomy our amygdala, fight-or-flight, goes wild. We get mad. And we're not able to make good decisions so we need to calm that amygdala down so when we hear something that's a false dichotomy we need to breathe we need to count to 10 we need to think about this decision that we're gonna make in our prefrontal cortex let's just assume all things being equal that the person who is sitting across from you is a rational individual. Now if they're not a rational individual then you need to obviously get away from that individual okay If somebody's gonna hurt you, dehumanize you, then you need to exit that conversation. But let's just say this is a friend, a coworker, somebody that you know on a social media site. you can say that you know what I know this person they're college educated. I graduated high school with them. we went to prom together as friends with another friend. we spent time together at restaurants doing homework together I know that this person is a logical thinking human being they have a different opinion than me so but I do know that they are a logical individual so for them I will calm my amygdala down I will not fight or flight I will make a decision I'll reach back into my hippocampus bring up those positive memories and then engage them with another narrative that isn't a false one and that is how you defeat the false dichotomy by simply calming your brain down and reaching for other memories. So once we overcome that false dichotomy what we want to do next is we want to ask ourselves in your remote work in your daily work what are you creating that's your own your own productivity and in order to do that let's talk about the ten minute rule. Another great book that I'm reading right now it's called Hustle, and it's just a phenomenal book. But one of the things they talk about, it's written by three entrepreneurs, and one of the things they're talking about in this is the 10-minute rule where you take 10 minutes of any day, and you use that 10 minutes to work towards a project that you have. We could call them a dream. We call them a passion project, a goal, etc. But just something that you're working on, take 10 minutes. Now, the whole point of it is if you don't have 10 minutes, then what do you have? Nobody is that busy. And if you don't have 10 minutes, you need to slow down and check your schedule and make some adjustments. But anyway, you take that 10 minutes and you do something that you want to do. So, for instance, I'm running a book club at my job. I sat down, I took 10 minutes where I wrote out the book club, and then I did another 10 minutes where I filmed the lesson. So 20 minutes and I have a lesson up for the book club. 10-minute rule. Didn't spend a whole lot of time that's what you do you create something in your 10-minute rule so as we close down the show for today my name is Prince was the first song on the album now the ironic thing about that and what I thought of what I saw today is that everybody was saying Prince is not calling himself Prince anymore Prince is Writing slave on the side of his cheek. The media is calling him the artist formerly known as Prince. And what is the first song on the album? My name is Prince. So Prince introduces this narrative that he is still Prince. And then he says, my name is Prince and I am funky. I am Prince, the one and only. So he drops the mic and ends that discussion, introduces a narrative that, you know what? No, I am not the artist formerly known as Prince. I am not a symbol. My name is Prince, and I'm Funky. And then he says that in the beginning, God created the sea, but on the seventh day, God created me and think about that, and let that settle. Prince chose himself. When we go back and look at the Love Symbol album, Prince was getting out of a contract that he had with Warner Brothers, and it took him, you know, seven years to get out of that contract to release all of those albums, and then he had those other revenue-creating streams in his symbol. So he chose himself. It took a little bit of time to get out of that contract, but he kept working, he kept playing music, but in the end, he chose himself, he chose his own projects, and he did what he wanted to do. So, as you work this week remotely, and you want to adjust your leadership, John Maxwell quote, that was brilliant, that I'm going to leave you with, says the pessimist complains about the wind, the optimist thinks it's going to change, but the leader adjusts the sails. So, adjust your sails this week. Not not your physical sails if you're a salesperson, but your ship sails, where you're sailing yourself down the river of your life, your career. Use the 10-minute rule to define your projects, choose yourself, Eliminate those false dichotomies that are around you. Calm down your brain and drink some great coffee. Anyway, this is Stephen Thompson, the Stephen Thompson Leadership Experience, Leadership Tips for the Remote Worker. I am Stephen Thompson. This is my experience. I'll see you next week with another song by Prince and some more coffee. Have a great week.